And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means Sunday afternoon I was at FedEx Field watching the regular season finale, a surprising 26-6 win for Washington as Sam Howell made his starting debut at quarterback. That was some fun there. Obviously, doesn't offset the disappointment of not making the playoffs. Um, and because they didn't make the playoffs, it meant that today, on Monday, was locker room clean-out day. Uh, final chance to talk to the players as they head off in a bunch of different directions. Some will go home. Some will stay here. Whatever it may be, or they're, they're out of town home, whatever it is, maybe um, I will talk about all that here in a moment with our friend Steve Wino from the Associated Press, who was out here today and yesterday with, with all of us at uh, covering this team. So we'll get to all that in a moment. Of course, you can find this podcast, where the season may be over. We are not. We got plenty more to discuss. Obviously, free agency in the draft coming up, but there's an ownership situation, as we know about. We're still waiting to see. If there will be any changes made to the coaching staff, and of course we'll get to a quarterback search along the way. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you do your podcasting. You can get an ad-free experience on The Athletic if you subscribe there. Uh, David Aldridge and I both had stories coming off of yesterday's game, so you can check that out. Um uh, just to put a bow, and, and I appreciate everybody's patience, uh, just uh, had a lot to, to do yesterday after the game, and, you know, just got to a certain point where, um, you know, I just figured I would wait till after the exit interviews and do this podcast. Uh, by the way, Tuesday, we will hear from Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew one last time in this season, so we'll see what they have to tell us tomorrow. I, you know, not expecting huge breaking news, but perhaps we'll get some insight into how they're looking at this offseason. Um, I will say on that front, we asked. I actually asked Rivera yesterday after the game, where are things with his coaching staff, the evaluation of that? He said that's what they will be doing this week, going into next week. Subsequently, I was told that Ron Rivera is expected to meet with Dan Snyder a week from today, so Monday of next week. Uh, you know, don't hold me to it being actually on Monday. Perhaps it's just some other time next week. But that is the expectation at this point. Thus, if you're waiting to hear about, you know, a change in offensive coordinator or anything else, we may need to wait for that. Although that is actually in and of itself sort of an interesting dynamic here. Does Ron Rivera preemptively look to make some changes to thus go into a meeting with an owner and say, hey, I recognize we needed to do things. Here's what I did. Or does he wait for that meeting to happen? And then, you know, with likely input from from the owner or whatever, then make that decision. That's all. So that is something to consider here. But at a minimum, we're, we're not expecting the conversation with the owner, the head coach until next week. Um, 
as far as the game goes, look, I don't know what was up with Dallas, but they certainly weren't playing their best. Washington was played pretty well in all three phases. Clearly, the highlight is Sam Howell. And, I, I, you know, I liked what I saw. I assume most of you did as well. He is... We've talked about this before. He is in many ways a combination of the two quarterbacks, the two veterans here. He's got Taylor Heineke's height. He's got that mobility, that that dynamic with running. He's willing to play in traffic aggressive that way. And he plays with a lot of confidence. And then as far as Heineke goes, he's got, or sorry, as far as Wentz goes, he's got that huge arm. I thought it was a pretty impressive showing. He had the really great uh, 52-yard strike to Terry McLaurin. The very first touchdown, very first NFL pass was a touchdown throw to McLaurin. That was pretty good. And and I talked about this with with Wino. It it just felt like the offense looked the way you expect an offense to look for the most part. But I'll let you guys, we'll we'll get to that in a few minutes. I think Ron Rivera made it kind of clear that I don't think they're ready to anoint Hal, the starter, or anything along those lines. But I do think that that showing probably gives them some... Uh, belief that they can move on from both Wentz and Heineke, depending on what else happens. I mean, Heineke in particular, m- meaning I don't think Wentz is back no matter what happens. Heineke, we'll see. Is there a world where it's a Heineke-Hal combo? Maybe. It kind of seems unlikely, just based on how they haven't been viewing Heineke as a starter. But I guess if they think that Hal could be cl- much closer to making that move, they could go that route. I-, I don't think that's where we'll go. I think it'll be more of a outside veteran uh but we'll see how that goes and who's even in the marketplace and uh, things along those lines. Um, other than that, look, like I said, we've got a long way to go in this offseason. We'll hear again, as I said, from the, from the, from the decision makers on Tuesday, get a feel for where they're at and go from there. Uh, but we'll get to my conversation with Steve Wino. We talked about the vibe in the locker room today, frustration, optimism, contemplated who may be who may be gone who may be back uh we'll get to all that and more right now here on the standard groom only podcast looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, joining me here to break down breakdown day is our good friend Steve Wino from the Associated Press. Uh, Mr. Wino, uh, appreciate you coming back on. How to Before we get to the football stuff, noted author now. But tell, so how 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 did how did the uh, the book tour go? And uh, remind everybody what uh, where, where they can get your book. Hockey book. It's uh, Odd Man in Hockey's Emergency Goalies and the Wildest One Day Job in Sports. You can get it on Amazon, uh, triumphbooks.com. Find my Twitter account, S Wino. Uh, it's it's going well. Things are good. It's hockey season. I could use another e bug in, in a game for for some more sales, but otherwise going great. The uh, the Capitals are uh, seems like they're doing pretty well. I, I've been they're trying to pay man. attention, but like not completely. Well, Ovechkin is he going to get break the uh, the record? Uh, is that, that going to happen now? Yeah, it will, and, and and probably a couple years from now. But it could be as, as early as next season if he continues this pace. But they're winning; they're in a playoff spot. I guess it's I guess it's, it's hockey season now. Uh, it's it's not football season anymore. At least not, not, in here, these, not here, at, at least not in these parts. The NFL playoffs will go on, and the Washington Commanders will be on the outside looking in. Um, we just did the annual locker cleanout day. Spoke to a bunch of the guys. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, sometimes when you do this thing, it's the day after the season <clears throat> ended, the playoff loss, or you know, like right. they could have lost yesterday's game with a chance to get in the way they did in 2017. Or, yeah, the, the the Giants game. Yeah, yeah, the Giants game. So they've had a little bit of time to reflect on the situation, kind of get you know check with their emotions. What was your what was your view of the vibe to today? More optimism, more frustration. What what do you think? Acceptance. I I think today was was the the the, the emotion because it had you're right. It's been a week since this team had been eliminated, so everyone had kind of had some time to collect their thoughts to kind of get over the shock of the Cleveland loss and those things. A, a little bit of of because of Sam Howell's performance against Dallas. A little what if, a little like if things had been different, could we be talking today instead about a first round matchup against whoever instead of that? But it, it, it's almost two sides of the same coin in that there's optimism of maybe this team has found a quarterback, maybe not. Questions about should Ron Rivera have gone back to Taylor Heineke or maybe even to Sam Howe, which seemed crazy at the time <laughs> against Cleveland. And so I think a little bit of, of missed opportunity sort of feeling, but now after after a week of it, Everyone pretty pretty much knows that it's off season time and ready to start turning the attention to next season. Yeah, I mean, I think we, you know, speaking of some of the offensive guys, Logan Thomas and others, that to that question, they were all like, "Well, it's a little bit of both." Because on the one hand, you know, it's always good to enter the off season with a win, and you know, we'll see what Sam Howell is along with everybody else. On the other hand, it's like, ugh, we have these playmakers, we have these weapons, we should be scoring more points, and they just couldn't get it done. That's what was so interesting about Hal's performance is that, look, I mean, we're not putting him in the Pro Bowl yet. Nope. Give, give him another you start. You're not fitting him for his Hall of Fame jacket yet? No, not, not yet. Give him another start. But, like, and, and he only had 11 completions. And, look, I don't know what was up with Dallas. Maybe they 
mentally they were a little off. Maybe they were hanging out somewhere Saturday night. Who knows? But um, the it just looked more functional. It, it didn't, look, you know, with 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 Wentz, you know, it just he's always getting pressured in the pocket and. Everything seems to be breaking down in that way. And with Heineke, as we know, you never know what's going to happen. It's all over the place. And how it looked the most conventional, yet simultaneously, there were some explosive elements to it. The 52-yard pass to McLaurin, his ability to scramble. I'm not saying any of this to, again, suggest Sam Howell is the guy. It is more to say from the offensive perspective that if they can get a quarterback who is a little more consistent and stable, perhaps then this is an offense that can take that next leap. Yeah, that's the word that ever that a lot of players use more than anything today was consistency. And they weren't specifically calling out the quarterback play because that's not what these guys were doing in talking to us. But it's true. Like if you get consistent quarterback play with the weapons on this offense, with as good as this defense can be, yes, this is a team that almost made the playoffs without consistent quarterback play and kind of up and down and and just not knowing what you're going to get from that position and relying on on the running game a lot, which was a recipe that at times worked last season as well to be able to do it. But having a consistent quarterback, whether that's Sam Howell or, or someone who is can just run an offense, honestly, Ben, I, I thought that's what Carson Wentz was brought in to do. I thought that with Scott Turner and Ron Rivera was, let's bring in a professional who knows how to run an offense, but they were looking past a lot of the boneheaded plays he would make and the mistakes he would make along the way that would detract from that. If you take and, and say, we need just a professional quarterback who knows how to run an offense— uh, that like look what Josh Dobbs did again against Jacksonville the other night for the first half. Just run an offense in in a manageable way, you can win games. And I think that's a little bit of if you're going to be optimistic about this team beyond the ownership change and all of that, that that is the thing that from a football sense you can point to and say this team can win that way. Yeah, I mean I think with Wentz, I don't know if he was the brought in to be a consistent presence. I think he was brought in to be a big play presence. And thus, if they could make those chunk yards down the field, they could offset some of the other things that Wentz can do. He's not going to want to change. He is kind of who he is, you know, with some of the questionable choices in the pocket with his throws. But the other part didn't come either. I mean, the right. first two games mm-hmm. of the year were main. They're two highest scoring games of the year. But it never really got going after that and then obviously it was a big letdown when he came back into the lineup um against Cleveland uh just to stay with the offense for a second um Antonio Gibson we saw him he was there on crutches had a boot on his left foot had surgery um he said he it's remarkable how long he's been playing with this injury he said he he really felt something starting in the Eagles game in week 10 and it wasn't until you know, just a couple of weeks ago that they kind of shelved him and said, okay, let's start moving, moving on. So that, that was notable on that front. Um, on the flip side, Charles Leno played every single snap this year. Only guy on the team to do it. Uh, I don't know why I just clumped those two things together, but they, they, they were, they were well, in my brain. We're used to Antonio Gibson playing through injuries and missing games to injury at this point, right? Yeah. No, I mean, look, I mean, Gibson had, you know, it's funny, right. Like Gibson and Curtis Samuel are two guys we had a lot of questions about coming in, and for sort of similar reasons. Uh, Samuel obviously basically didn't play last year with his injury, and Gibson has missed some time, has constantly got hurt, and then he had the fumbles. Ultimately, Gibson only had one fumble. I 
did he? I don't think he even lost. Very it. early, right? Uh, mm-hmm. No, I think it was relatively recent, but I don't think he lost it. I think it was towards the second half of the year. But we weren't talking about Antonio Gibson fumbling. No, and we were, he, and he was on the field, and he was playing through this injury as well. Curtis Samuel played through the whole injury, or not injury, through the whole season as well. I'm thinking he, of preseason fumbles, because remember he he then got the job back after the the shooting of Brian Robinson, and then fumbled, and now all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, in the spotlight. Certainly the the preseason. Fumble. I mean, yeah. So I think, like, here's my big takeaway for the offense, and really for the team as a whole, I guess I should say, is that the quarterback thing is a big deal. We're going to have to get to that. The uh, the other one is the offensive line, and I'm not saying you can fix these things immediately, but, like, you know, they do have a first and a second round pick. They've got the third round compensatory pick. At least that's the expectation. Just with that, if you use two of those picks on a I haven't looked at the draft enough yet, but like, you know, the first round pick on a left tackle, let's just say, or a right tackle, I should say, with, with Leno, and a third round pick on an interior offensive lineman, that could be, that, that, that could solve a lot of your problems right there, or obviously go out and sign a vet. The rest of it, the rest of the roster is pretty good shape. And get, get a linebacker or, or, or three. Sure. Well, well, I mean, you know, if you, if you know, Jamie Davis made some strides, if you keep Cole Holcomb, who's, Great you know, for, for for sure. I mean, I'm saying in a general sense, they have a pretty good roster, and it is this these things. And it isn't just the individual person I think they have to find. They have to, as a coaching staff, figure out the best way to maximize the situation. So this is where like I find some optimism with this team. is like big questions, but it's not inconceivable for them to, to get this done if I think the coaching staff in the front office – has some creativity and 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 kind of can figure out a good plan. Well, that that's been the question mark all along. Question all along, right? Is is that are, are Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew the right people to make those decisions? And 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 given that Dan Snyder is probably selling this team, that he they will probably be the the folks in charge of making those decisions for at least this off season. And and, and it, the decisions are in their hands. I think you're right though. I, the offensive line to me is the big question. And and assuming that the defensive line stays as it is, whether your franchise check. Deron Payne or Fredary Mathis replaces him or whatever, find a linebacker or two. But if you can protect a quarterback and give whoever your quarterback is next year time to make plays, you got an offense with Logan Thomas and, and, and Amari Rodgers. We don't know where, what, what we have, what this team has of Cole Turner uh, and Curtis Hodges at tight end. You've got you've got obviously Dotson, McLaurin, Samuel. You have Antonio Gibson being able to do more of the Christian McCaffrey sort of role that Ron Rivera imagined because of Brian Robinson. This is an offense that, with the you, you have a lot of you have big holes to fill, but you can fill them if you put the emphasis on the offensive line. Andrew Norwell was not the answer here. Uh, not having uh, Andrew Norwell was just not the answer. He, he, Charles Leno had some struggles, and he even admitted to us today that there were a few big plays he gave up consistency on the offensive line would solve a lot of problems for this team and really coaching. And, and we don't know what, whether Scott Turner is going to be back and, and kind of what the scheme is going to be moving forward. But there are big level decisions that are going to make a huge difference. And, and that's why I like, I know a lot of people will say, well, why don't you use the first round pick on a quarterback? And, you know, my answer to that will be one. I, I which don't, quarterback? Yeah. I don't know which ones of the top ones will be there, but, but also like for, in reality, Ron Rivera needs to get a winning season next year, whether it's Dan Snyder or a new owner. You can't come in with four consecutive losing seasons or, or non-winning seasons since they went 500 this year. Um, but um, in a rookie quarterback, like, you know, it may give you some hope long term, but a short term, unlikely to to get you uh, some wins. But if you draft an offensive lineman in the first round and make it make a good pick, that can be your anchor 
for years to come, and that's something I think they lack this year. And, you know, they've got, other than Charles Leno, you could argue that we don't know who any of the four starters are, at least by position. Right. So mm-hmm. th- I think that's got to be a thing to, to change. You mentioned ownership. Obviously, that's... That that hangs over that hangs over everything from you know just from the 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 vibe in town to you know is Ron Rivera making the decisions to what else, how much money can they spend? Players by and large don't seem to give a crap. They are you know they they they, they do the good job of keeping staying focused on what they have to do in 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 game and you know I think some of them are aware uh, you know because they live in the world. Uh, that, some more that, rather than others, yeah. Right, that, that, that there's something that has to happen, but I don't think they're that pressed about it relative to the way a lot of the rest of us uh, do. Um, no, they shouldn't. And, and, but Ben, like, they shouldn't be. Like, the players should be worrying about what they're they're worrying about. And the thing we heard a lot today was uh, control what you can control. And, and it's true. If you're a player, go out and do your job and, and, and play. Ron Rivera certainly is aware of the situation and the front office and Jason Wright aware of kind of the, the decisions that could affect them on a very direct basis. But this is a trickle-down effect. Yes, who owns the team, who runs the team, is eventually going to wind up deciding who is calling plays and who is playing on this team. But it, it's such a down-the-road effect for these guys, they shouldn't be worried about it. These, these Just like we are talking about, these are big kind of high-profile decisions that – are above a lot of guys' pay grades, and, and and really above Ron Rivera. He's not picking the new owner. It's the same sort of thing. It's going to affect these guys a lot. It's going to affect this this fan base, this organization, the the the, the branding, everything, the new stadium, where it is, all of those things. But from a day to day basis, if, if I'm Terry McLaurin or I'm Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell or whoever, I, Chase Young, I'm not worried about the next owner and those sort of things. When it happens, you deal with it. Yeah, I mean, to to an extent, it is the ultimate control that you can control, and if you can't, don't even worry about it. But you know, for all the reasons we get it, but for the players, like there is got to be something to be said for recognizing that if quarterback is a big deal, and some of the bigger guys in the league who have options won't consider this place, that you have to, as a player, at some point, recognize, hey, we're kind of have this drag because of that situation, hopefully it can get cleared up. And I think to me, that's the most interesting part of all this. Maybe for this next year, it doesn't make a bigger difference because if, if the ownership sale doesn't happen for a few more months, then like we said, Ron Rivera is probably still making the, the choices and we'll see how, how that unfolds. Um, but hopefully down the line, they get rid of that drag. Um, one of the big decisions that's got to be made is Jerron Payne. We'll get more of that as we get into the off season, but he did talk today and, um, you know, a lot of times when you get these guys who are going to be free agents and, um, hey, you know, let my agent worry about it or whatever. And, you know, eh, you know he, he what, what did he say? He said, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, wait, what did he say? Were you, were you there? Yeah, I was I was, I was there and, and, and asked kind of John Payne, like, what his priorities were. He's like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to say too much right now. And I just want what I've earned. And our colleague, Matt Paris, like, asked, would you be back? Would like to be back? He's like, I don't know. Like, you think he'll be back? I don't, I don't know. Like, we'll see. He was, he was on, he was genuine. Like, he wants to get paid, whether it is here or elsewhere. He has earned that. The team had a chance to sign him to an extension or trade him a, a year ago and, and decided not to. And now this is Jerron Payne's world. Uh, the world is his oyster now. And, and he's going to get paid, whether it's by the commanders or someone else. I mean, they not only have him, you mentioned Cole Holcomb. Cam Curl is in the same spot that Terry McLaurin was in last year where he will now be eligible for an extension. And look, I mean, I'm not saying he was the most valuable player on defense, but he surely was – his, his, his absence was very much felt. They lost you know, early in the season. The defense was a mess. 
late in the season where things kind of uh, went a little sideways on them. So, you know, that's going to be one to watch for sure. He does not, for what it's worth with Cam Curl, no surgery needed. He said that, uh, you know, the ankle's still uh, not, re- he wouldn't have been ideally ready to go, wouldn't be able to play at a high level. He said he's going to give it more time. He hopes to be sort of back, um, you know, on his feet, so to speak, February, March range, and then, uh, you know, get ready from OTAs at that point. Um, what else uh, do we need to discuss? Was there anything else today that kind of uh, jumped out at you? Um well, Sam Howell says he thinks he's ready to be a starting quarterback, and I, but he, he's and and I, th- I think he's got the right attitude going into this that that he now that he's gotten at least a game under his belt, he's kind of broken that sort of veil of, of we don't know what he is as an NFL quarterback, and at least put himself in the mix. It, I, am I guessing Sam Howell's gonna be the Week One starter? It's way too early to, to, to say that now, but. We saw something out of Sam Howell. We've seen plenty out of Taylor Heineke. We know Carson Wentz is not going to be back. I, I think there, there's a little bit more of a clearer path of what this this team might look like next year after kind of seeing how the season progressed and, and knowing that whether people like it or not, Ron Rivera is the coach of this team, and, and this is kind of where they're going. I, that The feeling I got today is I could see this. I could see a locker room like this Guys like Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin rallying around a Sam Howell just like they have a, a Taylor Heineke. And then you could also see somebody else come in here. This could be Derek Carr. This could be Jimmy Garoppolo. This could be pick a name of a veteran quarterback and, and, and throw him in the mix. But I, I think there's a very – as much as uncertainty as there has been at certain points, and last year we didn't know Carson Wentz was going to be coming in, I think it's a clear path of what we know this team is going to look like next year. All right, let's play a little bit of like will they be back or won't they be back game in this regard. Uh, I think this. I'll start. I'll start off easy. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz not back. <laughs> not not back. Is, is Carson Wentz in the NFL somewhere? I think that's a really good question. Um, we, we were talking to Logan Thomas about because this next year will likely be the fourth year in a row that he will have a fourth different Week One quarterback. And how do you get, deal with that? And he's like, yeah, you know, you, you do it every he year. You get used <laughs> to it. But then he mentioned, but who knows? Maybe it's Hal or I don't know if Heineke or we bring in somebody else. And he kind of overlooked. Uh, 11, which is not surprising. I don't think Carson Wentz is back. Taylor Heineke. I'm going to say no, because I do think a team is going to be willing to pay him to be a backup. And and if this team goes the way that we think it's going to go with a veteran quarterback, then Sam Howell is the backup next year. I think that's I think that's right. I mean, I think at the end of the day. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. By the way, look, I mean, Taylor Heineke is a guy obviously was, you know, he's been fun for us. He's been obviously helpful for this team. He, if he never plays another start here, he will be, he was 12, 11 and one in his starts. That's a winning record. It was 16th in the league in winning percentage since the start of last year, last time I looked. So uh, he's did a lot of good things, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's another step to go that, that they don't think he can get to. And I don't think that's necessarily a wrong call. And Sam Howell does gives you a lot of that similar sort of style, but, He's got less experience and a bigger arm, but I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't I don't I don't see it. Now that said, if if they're bringing in another quarterback, veteran quarterback, rookie quarterback. Yeah, veteran quarterback. And because Sam Howell, again, he's a rookie this year, but he is the young quarterback. If you say we're going to have a quarterback or a project here, I know he's a fifth round pick. This is a guy who, before his final season in North Carolina, was projected to be a first round pick. The size maybe not ideal. And maybe he turns out to be a, a decent backup. Maybe he turns out to be nothing in the NFL. But Sam Howell is your young quarterback. Uh, Deron Payne. 
No, no, Deron Payne gets paid somewhere else. And, and but like, but if I, I if I'm re, if I'm the front office here, and it's not something I'm saying they're going to do, I would go very cheap at quarterback. I, I would do the Hal Heineke and, and and some sort of very cheap backup, and I would franchise the heck out of Deron Payne. I I think Federian Mathis is a future project. I don't think Federian Mathis can do right now with this defense what Deron Payne can do with this defense. I would franchise the heck out of him. I mean, I I, I think I largely agree with you. The only thing I wonder is, like. It's a big money, big big number for 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 him, right? On the defensive line, you're bringing back, you know, Jonathan Allen. You're bringing back Montez Sweat. Chase Young played the last three games. Hopefully, you know, I think generally speaking, he got good reviews for what he was able to do. You mentioned Fedarian Mathis. Um, John Ridgeway tore his pectoral muscle yesterday, so um, that's he'll have to recover during the offseason. But you know, he showed some decent things. You can always, of course. At a, a at a vet. In terms of the totality of the team, would they be better off arguably taking that pain money and putting it elsewhere, knowing that you already, even if he leaves, have a pretty good front? I'm I'm not advocating that per se. I'm just saying, saying this is the type of thing I think they've got to make a call on. Because the whole reason why they didn't sign Payne in the first place was, I think largely, are you really going to extend four defensive linemen? It's an it's a it's an overweighted situation from an asset allocation standpoint. That was the whole deal. But then he goes out and gets 11 and a half sacks, has a great year. And the Chase Young thing is just more uncertain than we would have thought last year. What I would do is take the, the money that Carson Wentz was allocated this year and give it to Deron Payne and kick the can down the road. I'm not saying you have to make a decision long-term on a long-term Deron Payne deal, and it's probably not going to happen here. But you kick the can down the road, you see what Chase Young and Montez Sweat do for another year, and you make, make the decision a year from now. And they do have now Montez Sweat is coming into the deal where Payne was uh, going into this last year where, you know, he's eligible for an extension. Sure. If not, you play the same game. So at some point, they're going to have to pay somebody. We will see. But you don't have to make that, that decision now. Like you, you can kick the can down the road if you want to keep this this front four together. Um, and I guess just lastly, we were our our guy Pete Haley did a, a video, like a really fun video you can find on Twitter or elsewhere, of um sort of the season review. Lots of things have happened this year, Wino. I don't know if you're aware of that. Off the field, on the field, whatever. Whatever it is, big moment in a game, big moment off the field, anything anything was happening. What what's a moment for you when you you know, maybe not saying it's a defining moment, but for you, something when you look back at the season that kinda of stood out. When Jim Ursay first said that there was momentum toward getting rid of Dan Snyder as an, as an owner, that was the first time in a decade I that I've thought it was possible. And and when we talk about the grand scheme of all of this and, and the changes with this franchise and who's gonna play quarterback, like the biggest decision is who owns the team, owns, as from the movie Slapshot, owns the team. And to me, that was the moment, that was the day where everything changed. And a couple weeks later, Dan Steiner come out and say they've hired a firm to explore the sales. And everything has kind of been the domino effect since then. And, and we're going to see the, the results of that from the stadium to the next coach to everything else and, and the future of this franchise all determined. I think it started that day. I mean, I, I think you're I think you're probably right. The you know, I've always said for years, none of these investigations, I, I don't want to say they don't matter in terms of what the what the reasoning for the investigation is. But in terms of having him sell, it just never felt like there was a pressure point there enough. Now, maybe you could argue that because, you know, Congress and some other investigations just kept going and going with sure. in the news that just that persistence gave Jim say enough to say, you know what, let's let's go. But it was always going to take the other owners to say, we yeah. we will vote you out. Or at least, as Ursay was saying, maybe we at least consider it. And, I, and it is amazing how, you know, when that happened, it was such a big deal. And then 
uh, not that long, uh, you know, later, like you said, he, uh, he, you know, put, put in, put in plans, uh, to at least evaluate the situation. And it does feel like it's going to continue going forward. And he was not at the game yesterday, I was told, um, which, you know, if, if it is, if it is it, if this was the last game, kind of a weird way to go out. Weird, weird, I mean, weird, weird ending, right? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't, he never talks to us. So it's not like it's that. And, you know, the fans, you know, whatever, just keep them off the screen. Nobody will know. Uh, to not go is, I don't know. I mean, it, some, look, sometimes you're mentally checked out. Sometimes you've you've put in your notice at a job and you're starting a new job and you know you're on your way out and, and you kind of like the senior slide sort of thing. And it might be it. Might be it. All right. He's got, got to figure out how to spend that $6 billion that he uh, may be getting. I mean, we have some ideas for him if you want. But he's listening. <laughs> he can buy a few, a few dozen copies of uh, your book, if nothing else. I mean, yeah, as many as, many as you want. I, I'll even sign them. <laughs> Awesome. Um, all right, Steve, you rule as always. Appreciate the help today and all year for sure. Go uh, check Wino out. What, oh, sorry, I can't remember everything. What's the name of your podcast as well? Uh, the All's, All's Caps podcast. So. All right. Uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Right. Wino is all over all things NHL and the Capitals. And, uh, hey, look, they're the one team in town that for 20 years has been the most consistent winner. And it looks like that may be the case once Again, why not? You the man. We'll talk. Talk to you soon, man.